0: Good Sunday morning. Glad you could join us on a, a bright, warm day. Uh, look forward when we can all get back together safely. Mm, to help that along, you need to be practicing your social distancing and wearing your mask in public, those things that sort of stem the tide of this uh, uh, virus. And you continue to pray for God to bring a revival through the midst of this to our land, to the world, uh, uh, that he'll just be glorified in it chosen this morning to talk about let your light shine for matthew chapter 5 uh, we're going to begin in verse 14 but our text is verse 16 in verse 14 jesus says you are the light of the world A city that is set on a hill cannot be hidden nor do they light a lamp and put it under a basket but on a lampstand and it gives light to all who are in the house then our text Let your light so shine before men that they see your good works and glorify your Father in heaven. Again, he said, let your light so shine before men that they may see your good works and glorify your Father in heaven. Let's pray. Father, help us to understand your word. Let your spirit guide us in all truth. Lord, uh, let Jesus be magnified in our midst and lifted up. We know no preaching or teaching takes place apart from you. And so we ask you to just take control of that. And Father, you'll speak to our hearts and minds and give us the courage to make the decisions that we need to make for you. Father, I especially pray for those who have never accepted Jesus Christ publicly as our personal Lord and Savior, that they will do that very thing. In Christ's name, amen. Uh, several years ago, a businessman came home and he'd been traveling around Europe and he rubbed back several match boxes for his wife who collected match boxes and there was one he was particularly proud and he said this one glows in the dark it's supposed to glow in the dark and he went over and gave it to her and went and turned the light off and there was nothing you couldn't see it he said oh I've been cheated they assured me it glowed in the dark and so she began to look at the instruction There was something written on it and it was a different language and she decided it was French so the next day, when he went to the office, she had a friend who who spoke French, and she took it to them, and uh, it it said these words: "If you want me to shine at night, keep me in the sunlight all day." So she kept it in the sun in the southern window of her house all day long. That evening, when he came in and it got dark, he she took him by the hand, led him to a room, and turned off the light, and there it was, glows. It was glowing, and and so uh, he said, "Well." What did you do? And she said, oh, I found the secret. Before it can shine on the dark, it has to be exposed to the light. Before it can shine in the dark, it has to be exposed to the light. could probably be something that would be a good motto for us as Christians. You see, we need to be exposed to Christ and exposed to uh, His light. Uh, so that we take on His nature and we sign His lights in our dark world. And basically, uh, what I wanted to get from this passage, when he said, So let your light shine, uh, is that every Christian is to be a witness for Jesus. Every Christian is to be a witness from Jesus. It doesn't matter what our giftedness may be. It doesn't matter what we think that we're supposed to do. There's no argument. There's no passing the buck. Uh, Each of us are responsible uh, for being a light for Jesus. So let's look and see what that means. He starts off and he says, let, let your light. Let speaks first of all of potential. It's a potential for every Christian to shine for Jesus. It's something that all of us can do. Every one of us can do. Let your light shine. Let it happen. We don't have to worry about uh our calling, we don't have to worry about a lot of things. We need to realize that under the potential that there is the existence. Jesus didn't tell us to, to create the light. He didn't tell us to manufacture light. The light already exists. He's the light of the world and we're to let him shine through us. The light exists and he exists lives within us if we are Christians. And we let that light on the outside to shine. And then there's the emphatic position here because he said, let your light shine. Okay? Um, also in, in, earlier in this, he said, you are the light of the world. You are the light of the world. Do we understand this? Uh, you is emphatic. It's, it's, it uh, takes the primary position in, in the sentence. Uh, some scholars translate, you are the only light in your world. In other words, your sphere of influence, you may be the only light for Christ. There he is. So he said, you let your light shine. You already have it. You possess it because I live in you. You let your light shine where it's supposed to shine. The question is not whether we're light or not. The question is how effective of a light we are. So it speaks of the potential for each Uh, believer to let their light shine but it also speaks of accessibility you see he said let your light shine means that Jesus has our number if you will that he can call on us that he can count on us that we're accessible to him that that uh, we're where we're supposed to be that we're growing in Christ uh, that that he can use us any way he sees fit first John says Chapter 2, verses 2 through 5, the Apostle John reminds us, And he himself, Jesus, is the propitiation for our sins, and not for ours only, but also for the whole world. Now, by this we know that we know him if we keep his commandments. He who says, I know him and does not keep his commandments is a liar and the truth is not in him. But whoever keeps his word, true to the love of God, is perfected in him. And by this we know that we are in him. We have that desire to keep his word. When he said, you let your light shine. That's a command for us. And and it means we're accessible to do as we've been told to do. In ancient Corinth, they had uh, what they called the Ismanian Games. And that's just the isthmus of, of Greece. And and these were the precursor to the Olympics. And the favorite, the last event of all these games was always the relay race. And what they would do, the starting runner would hold a, a torch in his hand, and he would run several hills older. And you could watch it right at, at dusk and at dark, and you could see the lights moving as one would transfer the torch to the next. And the first team to get their torch, while it's still lit, ran across the finish line. One, just like in our modern day is passing the baton. But from that came a phrase that the Greeks often used. It was this, let those who have the light, pass it on. Let those who have the light pass it on. In other words, we who have the light of Jesus need to pass that light on. We need to obediently let him shine through us. And We need to ask, how hard is it for God to move us to do that? How hard is it for Him to get a hold of us? Are we accessible? We realize the potential is there. We just have to be obedient. Are we being obedient in our work life, in our home life, in our neighborhoods, in our communities to let the light of Jesus shine through us individually and as a body of believers? Then he says, let your light shine. The word your talks about, first of all, possession. Possession, yes, we possess it. We've experienced this, but what's really interesting about this is that uh, the possession is not singular. It's The your there is plural. Let your light shine. It's plural. In other words, it wasn't just for the preachers or just for the deacons or just for the Sunday school teachers. It was for all involved that knew Jesus. It's plural. All of us are to let our light shine because we possess Jesus. We, we, we have a witness because we possess him and he's supposed to possess us. And it means we have the light of Christ's light. And if you don't think you have a witness, then you need to examine, do you have Christ? If you say, I have no witness, then it should scare you to death because you haven't accepted Christ. When Jesus comes and resides inside of us, we become new creatures. Old things have passed away, but all things have become new. And the light is there. And so it's our possession. Do we try to hoard it to ourselves? Do we try to put it under a, a bushel basket? No, we're supposed to set it on a lampstand so that all can see. And we're like a city that's set on a hill, as he said earlier. You can't put a city on a hill it can't be hidden. Because if there's any light at the city at all, through the hill it can be there on the top. And, and they knew that they built their cities up on hills and often walls around them for defensive purposes. Because everybody could see that city and somebody was coming home, they looked up. Do we understand that? It speaks of possession, but it also speaks of accountability. What do we do with our light? It says in verses 14 and 15, you are the light of the world. The seed that is set on a hill cannot be hidden. Nor do they put a light under a lamp, uh, under a bushel, basket, but on a lampstand gives light to all who are in the house. It's accountable. We're accountable for what we do with the line i'm told of the story and I, I i read it in a magazine so i can't guarantee it's true but it was told as truth she lived in a midwestern town probably about the size of gasville and she had a lot of friends at the church that she would call indifferent to the cause of christ uh, some people call them surface christians uh, by that I mean they're not really warm they're not really hot they're not really cold they just sort of go through the motions who knows if they're real or not and one day she decided to teach him what it meant to serve Christ and how to share Christ and in that particular town they had a, a general store the old timey general stores had everything in them the kind I like to go explore now when you can find one and he had one of those old wooden Indians out front you know as an advertisement for cigars and She was standing there and she was talking to that Indian about Jesus. And at church the next Sunday they were just saying what an embarrassment she was. She embarrassed the church. She said everybody in town saw her doing that. Why would she do that? Everybody passed by and saw her talking to a wooden Indian about Jesus. And her reply I thought was classic. She said she would rather be a real Christian talking to a wooden Indian about Jesus than a wooden Christian that never talked to anybody about Jesus. Do we talk about Jesus? Do we share him? Do we share what we possess? Do we, do we, are are we a cannibal? Being a cannibal means that That you've written out your list of those Christian workers, those Christian friends, those Christian family members. You've prayed over them. You've studied some scripture to share with them. You've ministered to them. You're accountable. And then you've told somebody, this is my hit list. Pray with me. They'll accept Christ. And they'll keep asking you, have you shared Christ yet? Have you shared Christ yet? Have you shared Christ yet? It means accountability. Let your light shine. And that's the third word, light Light reveals the product, okay? It's a result of a life surrendered to Jesus. Like I said, the light already exists. We don't manufacture it. We don't have to create it. Jesus is the light of the world. He lives inside us. They should see Jesus in us. Uh, 1 John 1, 5 uh, says a little bit about that. um, When it says these words, if I can get to it. It says, this is the message we've heard from him and declare to you that God is light and in him there's no darkness at all. If we say we have fellowship in him and walk in the darkness, we lie and do not practice the truth. If we walk in the light as he is in the light, we have fellowship with one another and the blood of Jesus Christ cleanses us from all sin. Do we understand that that light is the product of Jesus in our lives? I had one uh, commentator I wrote said, look, uh, the light is a product of holy living. The light is a product of selfless living. The light is a product of loving living. In other words, the love of Christ overflows to our neighborhood, to our community, to our friends, our loved ones, our coworkers. The love of Jesus constrains us to tell others about whom we found so they can come out of the darkness into his marvelous light are we doing that it speaks of product but light also speaks of accentuation a c c e n t u a t i o n accentuation you see it means to bring into sharp focus to make it clear our lives before our communities should make the father clear who he's like what he's like our love should they should see Jesus in us our priorities show his priorities our ways show his ways see in John 1.5 it said the light came to the darkness and the darkness comprehended it not. And You wonder why did the darkness not understand. Here they are. The Jews had these promises for thousands of years. They've been waiting for the Messiah. There hadn't been a prophetic word before John the Baptist for at least 400 years. Probably closer to 430 years. And yet when Jesus arrived on the scene they did not comprehend who he was. Could it be that God's people... We're not bringing into focus. They weren't accentuating God's word in their lives. They weren't obeying. They weren't living righteousness. They were very judgmental. They were uh, very uh, caustic. They were very critical. They, they thought that nobody but them would make it. And they live that way and are proud that way. That's why the Pharisee could stand and Jesus said he prayed, Lord, I thank you not like other sinners, like this one here that's bowing before you. And I give a tithe of this and this and this. And the other guy is on his knees, uh, bowing before the Father saying, Father, forgive me a sinner. And Jesus said, this guy, not that guy, this guy, not the righteous or the self-righteous guy, this guy went to his house justified rather than the other." You see, we need to bring uh, that light into focus so they comprehend it. We need to understand that the product is what Jesus does. We call it sanctification. We're made more like Jesus through the power of the Holy Spirit. We'll give a little more like Jesus. One of the missionaries, our foreign missionaries, talked about her service time in China, and she was hiring someone to do housework so she could help the, her husband. Uh, minister to the different ones she would start a ladies class and teach them about hygiene and cooking and teach English and those kind of things and she said one really well-dressed Chinese lady came and applied for the job and she was a little taken back this this lady obviously had wealth and culture and she thought maybe she didn't understand she said you realize I'm looking for somebody to scrub the floors clean the bathrooms do the laundry this and the lady said I know what you want and I'm here to apply for that job So she was mystified, but she did it. She hired the lady. She said after about three or four weeks, she caught the lady bending over something in her room like she might have taken something. She wondered about it. She let it go because nothing was missing. And after she looked around, after the lady left that evening after work, nothing was still missing. And she caught her that way two or three times. And finally she said, Madam, madam, it's coming, it's coming. She said, what's coming? She said, the light on my face. So I took this job because I see these Christians and they all have this light on their face and the more I'm around you and the more I do the Bible studies you lead and the things, the light is coming to my face. I have this small mirror, which is what she was hiding. I have this small mirror and I can see it and my husband says that the light's coming even to my face. And then the lady, the missionary, she had Christ with her and she accepted Christ and became a faithful servant in the church and and her light did shine all around her neighborhood Do our people see that? Do they say there's something different about you? You just have a glow about you? You know, it's it's what we're supposed to do. We let our light shine. We show Jesus and bring him into focus in our communities. That's having impact. That's having, uh, that's investing our lives in eternal things. The last thing he says, he says, let your light so shine. So shine speaks of promotion. Promotion, yes. It means going public with our faith. Because he said, you're the light of the world. You can't be hidden is what he's saying. He says, uh, you give light to all those around, let your light light shall shine before men that they may see your good works and glorify your Father in heaven. The Bible knows nothing of secret Christians. Jesus never called secret disciples. We have too many people that want to be chameleons. They want to look like a Christian when they're at church and like the world when they're at the world. And that's not the way that it goes. Do we understand this? 1 John 4, 4 says, You are of God, little children, and overcome them because he who is in you is greater than he who is in the world. Do we understand that we're to promote Jesus in our lifestyles? We're to promote Jesus in our friendships. We're to promote Jesus as a church. But it also speaks of activity. Do we understand that we're not to be stagnant? We're not reservoirs of light. We're to be living water of light. That's what he said in, in uh, Matthew 7. Is in Matthew 7, uh, I think it's verse 38, 37 and 38. I should have marked it. Jesus goes on and he says, uh, I know, "If I get Matthew instead, of, I mean John, John chapter seven. I'm sorry. And in John chapter seven, he talks about us not being reservoirs, but being rivers of living water. And this is how he says it. He said on the last day of that great feast, Jesus stood up and cried out, "If anyone thirst, let him come to me and drink."' He believes in me, as the scripture said, out of his heart will flow rivers of living water. And he spoke that concerning the Spirit, the Holy Spirit, whom those believing in him would receive. For the Holy Spirit was not yet given because Jesus had not yet been glorified. Think about it. We are to be rivers of living water. That light that he has is to shine and run out and over and through us. We need to ask, are we a stagnant pool because we're not studying our Bibles, because we're not praying, uh, because we're not sharing, because we're not living the right way? Do we understand we're to be that living water given to people who thirst? We need to follow his instructions and do anything uh, that presents the river of light flowing and shining in us. Again, I speak of Martin Nemo, and that's just my favorite, favorite quote. In a journey from prison camp for seven years, all kinds of atrocities, when they ran to interview him, all he wanted to talk about was his Jesus. Is Jesus the light he wanted to share? We are light bearers. We're made in the image of God. But when we're remade into the image of Christ, We're rivers of living water and yet we try to dam that up and we try to keep it to ourselves or to a few select friends and we're to let that flow. Will you commit today to being a light sharer? Will you commit today to letting your light shine? What is the song Elizabeth says? This little light of mine I'm gonna let it shine Won't let Satan it out I'm going to let it shine, let it shine, let it shine. But you light shine, church. Have a good day.